0: Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to episode 44 of Cage Rage, a Nicolas Cage podcast. I feel like I never really do um, an introduction to what this podcast actually is, so it's a podcast where we go through all of Nicolas Cage's films from start up until the very end present day, with a very tongue-in-cheek look, and just uh, get to the bottom of what Cage is all about, and hopefully we can bring ourselves a better understanding of the Golden Hog, the greatest actor of our generation, and maybe bring me closer to the God himself on my personal journey to true Cage nirvana. Uh, That sounds quite good, doesn't it? Um, Also, this is something I realised the other day that I just never say in these podcasts. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen some of these films, that we go into big detail in them. Me and a guest, uh, the guest this week, stand-up comedian Erica Ella. Um, it was a great pleasure to talk to Erica, um, the 2019 Short Student Comedy Award winner and uh, supported the likes of Fern Brady and Jamali Maddox, who you might know from uh, the new series of Taskmaster. That's on at the moment as well. Uh, Erica brought a very, uh, a very cool and collected sense of um, calm and groundedness to the episode Which, always welcome, always welcome um, In whatever it is that this podcast actually is uh, So this week we were talking about the Ant Bully um, Had a lot of fun chatting all things the ant bully with erica in this episode we are (laughs) comparing cage to justin bieber we're taking a true crime detour into one of the cast members and we discuss the fact that the main character should definitely have been killed um it's a lot of fun i hope you enjoy listening to this one just before we get into it we'll get the admin out of the way as per usual uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cage underscore podcast. I'm also on Instagram at Cage rage Pod. And you can find me on all the usual streaming services as well. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Deezer, Stitcher, Podchaser, Tuned In, and various others as well. If you're listening on a platform that provides uh, rating options like Apple, like Podchaser, Please consider uh, giving the show a rating. Following the show as well. Um, you know, I mention this sometimes in the intros. I know it sounds cliche and I know that every podcast asks you to do it, but it does genuinely make a difference. Helps the show grow. Helps it reach out to more listeners, which is always nice as well. Um, so with that out of the way, we'll get into the episode. It's a fun one. It's Daryl Edge, Eric Heller, the App Bully from 2006. Enjoy. So it is the year of our Lord Cage, 2006, and we begin as we mean to go on with the animated fantasy film The Ant Bully. This week Cage voices Zoc, an ant wizard, because what else are you expecting from Nicolas Cage at this point, who shrinks the human Lucas Nickel down after he attacks their colony. Now, joining me on the journey to true Cage nirvana this week... To figure out whether this bully is just misunderstood or should have been shoved in a locker is writer and comedian Erica Ella. Erica, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. I watched The Ant Bully this morning, so I'm really letting it inform the rest of my day.
0: <laughs> what a way to start a day with, yeah. uh, with The Ant Bully, with the Nicolas Cage film. Um, at this point, it's it's informed my lockdown. It's informed um al- almost the most important part of my 20s but I'm I'm always interested to sort of find out at the start of any of these episodes um with the guests um so your sort of take on Nicholas Cage because everyone has um seems to be a widely different opinion uh you know I'm just some lunatic on the internet who thinks he's the greatest actor of our generation but uh some people don't always agree um some people are very middling about him what's your sort of take on uh on Nick Cage
1: I think he's just He's just really just a working actor. I don't like every film is a paycheck to him. That's how I see him. Because otherwise, why would he be like? Say he says yes to everything, isn't he? In an in, in a tremendous amount of debt, isn't he? Kind of like in like a uh, Brendan Fraser situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much spot on. And um, for better or worse, unlike Brendan Fraser, he's still very much on the grid. Brendan Fraser just disappeared, which yeah maybe a good thing um it seems to come down i think it was something to do with an, an accountant kind of screwing him over but this is also what happens when um you spend that Conair kind of money on dinosaur bones and the uh, traveling around the world pursuing the holy grail um I, I kind of think that if i had that kind of money uh pff, acting money when you've, you know you've done the films that Nicholas Cage has done I don't know that I would have done any different, um, and I wouldn't at some point be like, oh, right, fuck it, yeah, of course, yeah, I'll take the ant bully. Um, I don't know, if, if money, would money lead you to buy dinosaur bones?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like money makes people crazy, so if I had that amount of money, I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility
0: for me. <laughs> I like the idea that, you know, you would still be humble, though, you'd still be down to earth, which is encouraging. <laughs> i suppose and like um i don't think he's done anything massively crazy with it i suppose he's not ended up in an episode of cribs with a like a three four story mansion or something like that he just lives a quiet life outside of the public eye sometimes he just appears like the boogeyman um or bigfoot does he
1: have, does he have kids does nick cage have
0: kids uh, yes, yes, he does. One child's uh, Western Cage is sort of a fellow actor, and then there's, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of the thing where one family had, I suppose with respect to the cages, there's a good child and the weird kid. Um, and I say this not knowing about too much about Number Two, but his uh, other son, um, is pretty much like quite a big goth. So when you just see them walking down the street in pictures together, it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, of course you're Nicolas Cage's kid. um, And he also named him after Superman uh, because he's a huge comic book fan. So his son is called, like, Kalal Cage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I asked because I was like, oh, that be, might be a reason why he agreed to end Bully. Just because, like, a lot of times, actors just want something that they can show their kids. But I don't know how old that child would have been around the time.
0: I, c- I can only offer not old enough uh to <laughs> to get away um i mean i kind of get this lovely sense that um you as opposed to some other guests have come with a very rational level-headed attitude to cage and what can happen here i kind of feel the more i'm saying to you i'm well, maybe five minutes in i'm just breaking down some perceptions and um causing some disrupt as this is going to inform me whole day um so i feel some personal responsibility on that
1: just want to unpack his life, you know. There's <laughs> a lot
0: to unpack. Uh, well, this this is the place to do it. Um, just bring it up. The name: uh, Kalel Cage or Kalel Coppola Cage. To use the uh, use the family name. Um, he was actually only born in 2005. He so would have been one when okay. this this film came out. So, so what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. It could be like a legacy kind of thing because. Cage is an actor who seems to come in, I don't know, it's almost like generations of Pokemon. Each generation, it's like a new thing, a new set of Pokemon. It's the same with his films. started quite artsy, then there's a lot of drama films, then action, then it was just did whatever the fuck he wanted, and then the 2010s happened because of Dinosaur Bones. But there was um, definitely a period of his life, I think, where he wanted to do more family-friendly films because he was um a father at that point so i suspect the ant bully is part of that also national treasure which was like a few years before and then obviously the wicker man because if you want to make a good impression to your children you you let them see you at your absolute lowest point um from what i know about parenting owning one cat so um i I suppose with that said how is this um, sort of the first Nick Cage film you've seen, or have you, are you more sort of versed in other of his, his stuff as well?
1: Yeah, I've seen quite a few of his movies. Not that I like was like a huge fan. I mean, he's just in so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember watching Ghost Rider as a kid and that being a favorite. I don't know why. I think it was like at my aunt's house, and it was just one of the DVDs that I would always gravitate towards um that and maybe i think next i vaguely remember don't think i rewatched it as an adult moonstruck i tried to watch i never finished it i don't know why <laughs> i thought it would be something that i would like and maybe i should just give it a proper go but i feel like i every time i tried to watch it i was like half-heartedly watching it, which i don't know i like share but <laughs> just did not care enough to actually pay attention <laughs> um and then yeah the national treasure movies i I remember watching them in in theaters with like with friends like that was like a big or like even my family liked those movies so it's one of those movies that like kids will like and adults will enjoy too
0: yeah i suppose when you said that you made it sound like your parents had enforced a strict no cage rule on your (laughs) (laughs) on your viewing the um but moonstruck's always an interesting one though because it was I think Cher won the award for sort of best actress for that film, and Cage, as with every film he's in, bar a handful, cruelly snubbed because he should win everything. Um, because that's why my life has gone to this to make these kind of claims. Um, a lot of people seem to love it. I think I'm one of the few people who's not as crazy about it as uh, a lot of people seem to be. But I just remember oh, he had like a wooden hand though, so range. Mm-hmm. So tell me that he doesn't have that, but um, I suppose. Do you think you would you would go back to Moonstruck, or do you think you'll you'll never find the full heart that needs uh, that film requires?
1: I feel like I, I'm just gonna leave it alone. You know, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll ever go back to it. I know that maybe if like I if we had like a power outage or something that was the if or internet outage, like and that was the only DVD I had in the house, I'd watch it.
0: A a very specific set of circumstances have to happen. (laughs) I remember watching
1: Valley Girl, and I actually i I forgot. I always forget that he's in that. Did like that? It was weird seeing him so young and like supposed like the heartthrob. Because to me, he was always just this wacky man who was (laughs) doing weird things.
0: It's that's another interesting one as well because that's where I sort of the first one I watched because it's his first leading role. But to see him as um in like a young twenty something, these sort of thick, attention grabbing eyebrows and um and I c you know, I could um see that a, a lot of people would have seen like a heartthrob character in him in the eighties, but we sort of watch it now in this sort of um I guess millennial fashion and I sort of brought this up with someone before and when you tell people that Nicolas Cage knowing now, what we do know about him, sort of, um, Wicker Man and Vampire's Kiss and all these crazy films. And when I sort of say to them, you realize that Nicolas Cage used to be like one of the most beautiful men in Hollywood for a time, they're like, Are you ill? Um, and the answer is yes, yes, I am. It, it sounds like a weird question, but can your mind sort of process that he was once like a Hollywood heartthrob?
1: Uh, <laughs> I can, I guess, I can understand. No, I, yeah, no, <laughs> because I have the context of now, right? So I, I definitely yeah. can't look back at it and think like, you know, that he was like the Justin Bieber of, you know, his time, like that's wild <laughs> to me, like that he would be in like a Tiger beat or like J-14, but I'm sure he was, but like, I I, I just can't, like, I would have to genuinely go in, in like a time travel machine, be there myself, because I'm like, this is fake, <laughs> <You> guys, <laughs> You guys have built a scenario that's not real to prank me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're just, you know, everything's so messed up at the moment that we're just reinventing history. Because why, why the fuck not? Yeah. I, I also think that might be the only time that Nick Cage and Justin Bieber are in the same sentence. <laughs> um, so that's that's very exciting. I, I am gonna like just flag Nick Cage now as um he was the Bieber of the '80s. Whenever anyone asks me um why i'm so weirdly obsessed with them
1: um they should understand after that sentence they should not require any more explanation
0: (laughs) i'm not gonna put my working out in the margin i need you to piece this together i've already done 40 weeks of working out on this uh, of cage films at this point um so please just just let me rest let this old man rest please um but I suppose moving to the Ant film, we don't see him his first um, animated film or his first full length animated film, I should say. Um, which I always sort of, we're sort of, I, I forgot that Tom Hanks was a producer on this. Uh, Tom Hanks is effectively responsible for this film and why I you did. are here today.
1: I did not know that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks I feel, Tom.
0: I feel like everything I've just said to you, you just, I'm just. Any positivity you had is just going down and down and down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tom, um, T. Hanks himself is responsible. He read the story that this book is based on to his child, sort of pitched it to John A. Davis, um, and now eventually sort of here we are. Um, John A. Davis, also responsible um, as the director, screenplay writer, the co-creator of Jimmy Neutron. Um and the Jimmy Neutron movie. Um, he seemed to be initially a little bit reluctant to this, because I think, as we have saying off record, um, I think with Ants being before this and A Bug's Life, he was like, why the hell are we doing another film about ants? But then he got on board with it, but felt like a hypocrite because he had to have an exterminator. He some ants in his house. So there was some darkness. <laughs> some darkness in there. I, I was sort of, I was sort of watching this and I couldn't help but notice I guess there was a f felt like there was a few parallels to a bug's life and ants, as obviously the most obvious points of comparison um seem to do a few things similar. Um uh, like the opening shot when they're sort of swirling around and taking food into the colony and um when the few of them are in the house and sort of gliding on those petals. In the in the grand hierarchy of films about ants this is maybe my third or fourth favorite. Um, I don't know where this ranks on your your ant list. Yeah, of Yeah, it's
1: definitely low. well. To be fair, I've never seen ants because I refuse to. Um, really, I'm a Bug's Life stan for life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Respect that. But yeah, there was like so much, so many, like so many, so much like parallels. Like, not like the one that stuck out the most for me was when the beetle uh, was holding up the caterpillar because they do that in Bug's Life as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's like it's a it seems like he borrowed a few things. I I think they're probably hoping that oh, it's been like five, six, seven years since Bugs Life by that point. I hope no one's gonna not gonna notice, but this is like the second next film about ants that's been animated. Yeah. Um, so I say to DNA Productions, how dare you think that we would forget <laughs> um when you're talking to a Bugs Life stan, uh, right here. Um I suppose like Moonstruck, would you ever, would you, would there be any circumstance that you'd go to Ants?
1: Uh, again, same. (laughs) But I don't even have a DVD copy of that, so it'd be harder, right? So, I know for certain that I have Moonstruck on, on the, in our, in our DVD cupboard, but (laughs) Ants would, would have to be, uh, I don't know. Someone (laughs) would have to give it to me. (laughs)
0: Force it into your hands and say this is the last copy of ants. I um, also respect you're a, you're a physical media uh, type. Um, digital, not even in the question, has to be on the physical disc.
1: <laughs> I think I went through like a phase where I would just go to thrift stores and just buy. VHS's like like it was like the cool thing to do because they were all like one dollar <laughs> but I was like yep this medium's coming back I treated it like vinyl so stupid <laughs> like it's going to be <laughs> appreciated at it all it's not <laughs> um, that's,
0: that's such a big gamble on VHS yeah. <laughs> as well I, I suppose I sort of got into the, the, the vinyl craze I thought well I might as well just embrace this millennial thing whilst I've got it um, VHS you know I had a great time. Um, it's not you, it's me. It's time to it's time to move <laughs> on. Um, I think I'm kind of a Blu-ray guy now, but even then it's only it's a very pretentious reason for buying Blu ray. It's like, only if there's good special features and I can't find it anywhere else and it's not on streaming. It has to fill such pretentious criteria for me to sort of invest in a invest in a Blu ray. Um it's kind of the same with Nicolas Cage films. Some people have like huge collections of cage DVDs, but if i can if i can get cage stuff elsewhere then uh you know i feel like i'm letting him down considering there's a cardboard cut-out of him behind me watching me as we talk about this but uh um i don't know maybe vhs will come back though maybe i'm just wrong maybe i'm just an old man at there this has point. been
1: like i know there's like spe- specific like di- copies of like disney movies on vhs that go for quite a lot but i think usually it's because you know there there was like a weird Print in the cover it's never like the actual like <laughs> film itself
0: it's like those rare misprinted pokemon cards um those're sort of first editions if you've got one of those, you're gold. who knows you might have uh like a first edition copy of moonstruck that you're just sitting on a gold mine right now
1: and i might I better check see what the see what it's going for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might be the most fortuitous uh guest on the podcast that there's ever been. Um, an absolute cage gold mine. So, with um, The Ant Bully, um, bringing up DNA Productions, actually, this was the uh, last film that they released before the studio closed down. Uh, most of the employees were sort of laid off before the film released and the studio closed. Uh, partly, in fact, that The Ant Bully was a box office disappointment when it released in uh, 2006. Had a budget of $50 million, made about fifty five and a half, just under at the box office. Um, and when it released, went straight to number five. Uh, wasn't able to top the releases that same week, which were John Tucker Must Die that went to number two, and Miami Vice at number one. So um, not enough action in the Ant Bully. Not even the team up of Cage, Julia Roberts, and Meryl Streep uh, could pull this one out of a hole in the ground.
1: Wait, Meryl Streep's in this. I knew Julia. Roberts. Who did, Who is she? Is she the queen or
0: whatever? Yeah, she's the um, the ant mother, the ant queen. Um, oh, okay. Basically, the judge Judy of um, ants in the colony. I, I sort of wanted to talk about the ant queen as well, but um, so Julia Roberts is Hover, the nurse ant who takes um, uh, sort of the boy under her ant, well not wing ant leg, to teach him about the. Uh, being an ant uh nick cage Zoc, the uh ant wizard um because all colonies have got to have one uh bruce campbell as uh fugax and i'm just trying to say because it was, it was actually quite a stacked um voice cast for this we had regina king as creela uh paul g as stan beals the exterminator um and this was actually uh, the final film of Ricardo Montalban, who was the head of the council uh, before he passed away three years later. Um, and if you ask me, what a way to go out! What a legacy to leave as <laughs> the head of the uh, of the Ant Council. Um, I suppose now not realizing that Meryl Streep is in the film does that has that changed anything about the Ant Bully for you or the voice cast there or?
1: It's just like, how down bad was Meryl that she had? <laughs> I think maybe she was in one of those like situations where she like, signed a contract already and was like, I gotta do this, I guess, or else I'll be fucking sued or something. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I suppose she's got spot this one of the smallest roles in the film, actually, aside from the extraneous bugs in a frog belly um, that we get introduced to. Streep and Cage had previously worked together on Adaptation four years previous where she picked up a bunch of her Best Supporting Actress awards um, and now working together again from Adaptation, one of the most critically acclaimed films of the 2000s, to The Ant Bully. What a journey. What a life. (laughs) What a time to be alive. So speaking of awards, this did get, and this is one of those things when you look at IMDb and it's just a bunch of different award shows that you've never heard of before. Uh, It got Best Music in an Animated Feature at the Annie Awards. I wasn't even aware there was any music in this when I was watching it, and best animated voiceover feature casting at the Casting Society of America. So um, I can see
1: that one. I can see that one more than the music one. I feel like yeah, the voices were fitting. Although I will say that I think uh, Julia Roberts sounds a lot like uh, Princess Ada. Like there were like, times <laughs> where I was like, "Are you trying to copy uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus or what?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, like I say, I think it's it's weird this film didn't do better because it's such a um, I think for the time as well such a stacked cast of um, of actors on this one. Uh, Nicholas Cage got uh, sort of featured uh, billing on this one. The uh, I suppose at the time that the kid who um, voiced Lucas, um, his name didn't make the poster, even though he's like the central character of this, but um even him um zach tyler he's quite a prolific voice actor he hasn't done much recently but if you ever saw um avatar the last airbender he was the voice of ang in that so quite notable in the sort of the world of voice acting um for that alone but uh, i think after avatar uh went into other things, I think he might be a producer now or something. Um, his Wikipedia page just sort of dies off after that. There's nothing after the Last Airbender, in um, in art or in life. So, <laughs> where where do you go? And I'm I'm always game for anything involving Bruce Campbell. Um, give me more Bruce Campbell. Obviously, if you're listening and not sure who Bruce Campbell is, you may know him from such films as. Uh, Man with a Screaming Brain, uh, Maniac Cop, and, of course, The Evil Dead, Trilogy and Ash vs. The Evil Dead series, one of the great B-movie actors um, of our time. It seems like he replaced Alan Cummings as Fugax for no reason, Um, which I'm not unhappy about. He he definitely seemed happy to be there, from what I gathered from the voice acting. Looking into the actors as well, there was... um, uh, the character of Tiffany, Lucas's brother. Um she was played by Alison Mack. And this is like another one. Sometimes I just like to look into the actors, just sometimes you never know if they've worked in stuff with Cage or just other interesting things. When I clicked on this Wikipedia page, this took me down a rabbit hole I never expected. So it turns out Alison Mack was <laughs> arrested by the FBI in two thousand and eighteen on charges <laughs> You did you did you think I was going there because there's more to this sentence, but I'll take pause um did you think that's where i was coming with this no (laughs) absolutely
1: not i thought i thought yeah i don't know what i thought i thought it was just going to be something more about her i guess life's work but wow in a way it is in a way it is
0: um now i will say this sentence is about to get so much worse um so brace yourselves um in 2018 allison mack was arrested by the fbi on charges of sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and forced labor conspiracy for her role in the NXIVM sex trafficking cult. Um, She would then plead guilty to racketeering charges in 2019 and is currently awaiting sentencing. So, that happened. Um, On a Nicolas Cage podcast, I never thought I'd have to bring up sex trafficking. Um, But you think you know a person, right?
1: I want to say that it's Aunt Bully that pushed her to do this. <laughs> not, the, not the guy. I forget what his name is. but The one from the cult. There was like a... My friends all watched the documentary. I did not. But I know that he wears a headband. <laughs> That's all like, I know. <laughs> <you've> <laughs> and is a bad man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, we should, we should honestly stress the bad part of that. Um, I mean, Aunt Bully plus headband. It's not. It's not going to be an uphill um, mm-hmm. life from there on out. I feel like I know who you're on about though, because you said man in headband, and now I'm just. I'm trying to go through my rolodex of.
1: It was like a huge. Uh, let me let me find it. Um, but yeah, he got put away recently. If if, not... if if I'm thinking of the same, I the N X I. VM, right? um, is that what you said or am i just yeah. mi- mixing up
0: <laughs> you're just making up your own call there yeah. uh, nxivm uh, there is a guy called keith Allen rainier um if i don't know if, if he's the the chief of it uh this is becoming a true crime pod- podcast now by the way um
1: yeah it is keith, keith that's the i think that. that's the headband man <laughs>
0: <laughs> if there's if there's ever a time i think of man in headband it's keith um or oh, David man. Foster wants this the two <laughs> <laughs> Two sides of the same coin. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a long Wikipedia page. Um, Edgar Boone seems to be the head of the family. Um Oh man, am I am I about to go down one of those like two AM rabbit holes that um you just try to bring up with people at work the next day and they're not interested? Uh Rick Rick Alan Ross, not Rick Ross. I think this is a different Ross. Oh no, this is this is just this is just a, a sad-looking white man who invested in Windows ninety-five at some point in his life. I feel like I need to pull myself out of this 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 hole and get me into the ant hole mm-hmm. of ant bully. Let's see what I did there? Fucking save myself. Brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it back from the brink. Um, so I suppose watching this this film, he. I, I remember you sort of mentioned um, sort of off off-record that you'd seen this one a while ago um did did you still remember much about this film going into it um or was it was it just kind of like a new experience again going back into this one
1: i remember some of the imagery like i remember what the kid looked like but i don't i did not remember like there's like a lot of like i guess i wouldn't pick up on it before but there were like quite a few like dirty jokes like or like at least like allusions to like that like when the The parents are going for like their anniversary. The dad, like, definitely needs like some kind of like, sex joke. <laughs> like, cause the mom's like, oh, I, cause the kid's like getting bullied. And she's like, oh, I'll stay home. And then the dad's like, no, you gotta come <laughs> with me. We need our alone time. Like, your child's in crisis. You guys gotta fuck, I guess. Um, didn't remember that. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, it's, I, it was like watching it for the first time again for the most part like i just remembered like like i don't even i don't even remember the character of nicholas cage or, like zock or or uh the the other ants i really just remember the kid because i remember the only image i really remember watching it in theaters was when he was like burning them and that's it <laughs>
0: that's such a harrowing takeaway to have that's been with you all of this time (laughs) i remember the fire i remember the smell that's what i remember Mm. um
1: i think i remembered it because this is so this is not my proudest moment i remember as a kid there was a dead well not dead but there was like a dragonfly on like our outside um like outdoor table on the patio and I got scissors, and I cut it, and then I was like, "Oh, this doesn't feel good." And then I remembered the ant body <laughs> what
0: what like what a turnaround, and your life's been on a great trajectory ever since., yep. you dabbled with it, um but then the power of the power of the ant body brought you back to to real life. I suppose I've seen enough documentaries on Netflix at this moment, to know, uh, in an alternate timeline, you've murdered 10 people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if I enjoyed the feeling of cutting up that already kind of dead dragonfly. Yep. I'd, I'd be probably running a call. I'd be the headband for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was saying, uh, Oh yeah. Headband Erica. That's what they call mm. da- her <laughs> da- uh, down in the papers of the allotments. Um, but glad that you're able to pull yourself out of that dark timeline and uh, pull it back. But like you said, there are a lot of. Uh, I guess they had to kind of make them. Uh, it's kind of like in some like the SpongeBob jokes that they do. Like as a kid, you don't get them, but when you watch it as an adult, like when he's watching that uh, like sea cucumber or plant thing, and he's watching like fish porn, and then Gary walks in on him. When I was a kid, I watched. it, I was like. Oh, he's probably watching that because he's a weird sponge thing. But now I'm like, <laughs> he thinks like we do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I think there's one moment when all the ants are talking about Lucas being the destroyer. Um, fairly badass name, by the way, for like a nine-year-old, ten-year-old boy. Uh, and they make direct reference to the fact that he pissed on their colony, um, like the yellow rain. Um, he's done this before. What I sort of thought as well is because, as far as we know, the only ant colony at this house is in the front garden. That means, on numerous occasions, he's just been to the front garden, dropped trout, and just pissed. He's this is not the first so time. <laughs> well, not for the first time in this film as in the film as well, because there's so much CG uh, child backside. This had a lot of that. I was like, yeah, okay, 2006. Let's wind that back in. And also, his grandmother, as well, who's obs- obsessed with aliens, um, after he gets shrunk, she sees him getting taken away by the ants. Does nothing. He's gone for about a week. No one in the family notices. No one cares. And then, when he, he springs up and is like, well, his own boy size again at the end, he just appears in the front garden. And she's like, Oh, there you are. Um, naked. So this is not the first time she's seen him like <laughs> but naked in the front garden. So I don't I don't know. Some strange strange elements of this film. Um
1: I looked at the parents' guide on IMDb and for for sexuality and nudity it actually I think it said like moderate or severe and i was like what the fuck no way <laughs> and, then, and then like and then i read like what they were pointing out and i was like okay yeah i guess like one of them one of it was like uh, a boy is topless for most of the movie and i was like well yeah he is but i i mean i feel like that's if you have a problem with that that's more like telling of you
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um I suppose it's it's quite handy though that he the ants just happen to have like a a human tailor just for the off chance that mm. a boy gets shrunk. Um, I suppose as well, and, and I realise I was kind of skipping all over the place here. Um, on one hand, um, the reason he gets shrunk is because he himself is being bullied by um, that sort of kid at the start because uh, because he's big and he's small, uh, just like Lucas and the ants. Um, I will say you know I was never sort of the biggest fan of Jimmy Neutron growing up but maybe it's just the time that this film was made but the character models in this are just frightening they're so grotesque
1: yeah they really are
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's that one the one kid not the bully of the main character, but, like, the sidekick, the one that keeps, like, repeating everything.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And that is such a frightening-looking child. looks, like, <laughs> genuinely gross. <laughs> like, if, yeah. I, if I saw this kid in, like, the grocery store, I'm like, put, get him away from me. I'm going to get a disease <laughs> from this child. Like, yeah. red around... I don't know. Yeah. Jimmy, yeah, it definitely... It, there's that influence of, like, like just <laughs> bizarre-looking... Like proportions and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, this bully seems to lead a, and I say this all with respect, like a, a a gaggle of ugly children. Um, the little repeaty sidekick with the bowl haircut, he's like, yeah, yeah, because he's big and you're small. Um, and then there's one in a helmet, um, and he's like, at the end, well, we're all bigger than you. Um, there's definitely one girl in that gang who's about seven foot tall. Uh, She could have taken him, so I'm not going to accept that as an answer. Um, With these, just, I don't know what it was about the animation, I mean, also going to the Exterminator, played by uh, Paul uh, Giamatti, Beelzebub, sort of the the devil exterminator, the cloud breather, as the ants call him. Um, I wasn't anticipating this, because I sort of watched this at about half ten, like eleven p.m., um... Last night at the point of recording, when you have that fight, that awful uncomfortable scene of like five seconds in the exterminator's scalp, um, I didn't, I didn't care for that. (laughs) The flaky, itchy, louse-ridden scalp. Um, I don't know about you. I felt itchy watching that.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I it wasn't a particularly great moment (laughs) to watch, (laughs) for sure. I didn't like when they were in the leg that as well.
0: Oh, yeah, when they're going up the leg, um, because they're trying to inject the exterminator with the shrinking serum. Uh, they can't get to his ears because he's got the headphones in. Um, so the bug, the beetle and the glowworm decide to team up, and then they're like, that looks sensitive, just take an absolute nibble into his cock. Um... (laughs) Send him reeling, and then the uh, the wasp is able to sting him in the backside. Um, and I will say, because I suppose I was anticipating uh, all the exterminate will be shrunk, the ants will take him away, and he'll be their prisoner or whatever. That man, whether you liked him or not, was disfigured. They ruined his <laughs> his life.
1: Yeah, they didn't give him enough to make him an ant size. They just were like, "All right, we're gonna fuck you up and put you out into the
0: world." (laughs) Yeah, I suppose if you want to look, if if I dare have the audacity to try and apply ant science um, into (laughs) into this film, I guess they had enough of the um, serum um, at the start for a boy to like put probably the tiniest drop ever in his remarkably clean ears i will say uh, and like drop him down to size but didn't account for this adult being like two three times the size so he's got a giant eye um he's been uh reduced to about three and a half feet trying to escape in a tricycle his organs oh. internally <laughs> um a freak of science um so i i I would imagine you of the similar mindset that he died shortly after
1: would that happened. <laughs> he definitely. There's no way. I mean, and if he if he didn't, what quality of life is that? <laughs> he's you out don't... of work. You know, can <laughs> I don't think he can carry all his like uh, equipment. Way that he's built now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Um. I guess all all of his gases and. Toxins and potions um he's out of work. his health has gone down the drain um when you rock up to the doctors in that situation and you say, "I've been attacked by a boy that was five millimeters in size, as well as ants that teamed up with wasps, and now I'm ruined um are you not just straight in a padded cell?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> just taken for science, Because um, if that was me, I think I guess I'm gonna kill myself now because this is this is not workable.
1: No, because then you'll just yeah. There's no way you can explain that and not, as you said, yeah, a mental hospital <laughs> immediately.
0: <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think I'll be like, okay, I'm, w- I'm willing to accept that from your medical records. Something has happened here, and you are a freak of nature, but you need to be examined and uh, and right now um I suppose with the uh that means said the ants teaming up with the wasps as well um they they seem to make the wasps just like what's the most grotesque side mouth we can give these wasps they're all just jaded army veterans um who've been in this too long. Um but they're all very shiny though. So I was like I was like, oh, you know, you are evil, but you know, you're reflective. <laughs> <laughs> you're nice to look at. You think if it had been um I think these are tarantula hawk wasps, if it had been a dying tarantula hawk wasp instead of a dragonfly, do you think you would have taken more pleasure out of cutting that one in half?
1: You know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> after after what I've seen them do, you know. They they only they only were were uh, reasonable towards the end when they saw that they were going down too. But <laughs> based off of their personality before, maybe. Maybe I would have en- enjoyed cutting it
0: <laughs> Yeah, it it took watching their friends die on the battlefield to be like, hey, these heads, you ain't so bad. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I suppose even like, I think I'm just overthinking it now because that's what happens when you watch this amount of Nicolas Cage films. But like after that you know they've stopped the exterminator they've saved the colony for now who's to say that the parents don't come back after they've just been rutting each other in um whatever hotel it was they went to for that week of um guilt-ridden passion knowing that their son is dying internally um but who's to say that they're not just coming back and they're just not just going to get another exterminator so you didn't prophesize that one did you aunt mother um But then, you know, after that, sort of the politics, the the tumultuous relationship of the ant-wasp unity, does that stay in effect? Does that parlay just drop away after the the, the cloud breather is gone? Um, Am I overthinking this and I'm ill? I don't know. Erica, your thoughts?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that they'd forget. I think that they'd forget about this. I think they'll all just forget the trauma and then they'll go back to hating (laughs) each other.
0: The collective trauma would just instant arrays across the colony, across the garden. And they're like, What? I felt like I was calm for a moment. Oh, sting. I'm going to go kill something. Like, classic wasp. (laughs) That's probably the most sensible thing you could have said. Like, the fucking ants and the wasps, they're just going to kill each other again. Um...
1: People forget, you know? Bugs forget. (laughs) You can do something nice for someone, doesn't matter. In a week they'll
0: kill you. <laughs> <laughs> See, ants, wasps and humans, we're not so different. Really aren't. <laughs> if twenty twenty has taught me anything that maybe we are the real wasps. Um, you know, maybe we couldn't be couldn't be further from the message of unity that Zok uh, Zoc and Lucas are talking about, saying, like, Oh, that city, is that your colony? And Lucas is like, Uh yeah, I guess so. And he's like, Well, do you all, you know, even the regurgitators do stuff here. I'm trying to think who, from a humanity's perspective, who are the regurgitators? Who's regurgitating and keeping us keeping us spinning?
1: The truth tellers, man. That's who's... Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the Joe Rogans of the world. That's who
0: keeps us going. <laughs> Let's go. so even Joe Rogan has a, a place in your colony. Uh, <laughs> according to Spotify, yes. Um, but it's, it says, like, you know, why not more like ants? We all do stuff, and Lucas is like, we just do stuff for ourselves. And that, that, I think that was the, one of the few moments in the film. I was like, you preach, Lucas. Mm. Nothing has changed in the fifteen years <laughs> since this. Uh, since this film came out, um, if, if
1: they played this in grocery stores when people are panic buying, do you think that the, it would subside? <laughs> the panic buying would subside with, with the message of Lucas.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. I think as we now enter 2021, um, and I suppose from a UK perspective, uh, we are in exactly the same position that we were this time last year. We've learned nothing because we're very arrogant. Um, Maybe what we needed was tarantula hawk wasps just to be let out in the aisles of supermarkets. I I think there's only one toilet roll left. Release the hawk wasps. Should be a countdown on the uh, on the like the Tanoy system. Um, I think we would have fixed our problems a long time ago if we just introduced more wasps in, into our culture. Yeah, there so. were supposed
1: to be those murder hornets. Never happened.
0: What happened to the murder hornets? Bring those back. Bring
1: it back. That's Remember. that's gonna be that'll be the saving grace of the UK. When you guys get the murder hornets, <laughs> I'll finally be able to move back. <laughs>
0: Yeah, as they uh, as they wrote down in the official scrolls of twenty one, it was when the hornets descended upon the people of the UK that Erica stepped off the plane <laughs> uh, <laughs> and returned to us all. They uh, they called her the Queen of the Hornets. I'm not trying to label you as like a, a wasp woman. I feel that come across awfully. Unless you, you you would take hornet
1: white Anglo-Saxon Protestant <laughs> <laughs> that kind of wasp. Yeah,
0: what's the difference? I don't know. Um... <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a wasp niche out there for all of us in some way, uh, shape or form. I suppose, actually as well, so I guess going to another large creature, the Queen Mother, uh, the Queen of the Ants, as we touched upon earlier, voiced by Meryl Streep. Um, as they sort of said, she's sort of a child of, of the larger Queen. There's one big Queen that gave birth to the Queen's, the Queen gave birth to all the other ants. So I have to imagine if if the Queen of Queens isn't RuPaul, like the Queen ant. And then it's sort of Meryl Streep, and that's the hierarchy there. Um, I will say, though, I felt um, when they had the scene of Lucas in uh, the ant court, whatever you want to call it there, and they're saying, um, basically, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. And Lucas committed mass ant genocide. He killed a lot of ants and he got off so lightly in only the way that a white person could be let off in a court of law um, I, so I was I was sort of curious in the ant court scene do you think he should have got a better punishment than just become an ant and learn your lesson boy
1: yeah the punishment they gave him was <laughs> learn empathy like, <laughs> like <laughs> that's not a punishment you should already kind of have that Um yeah they should have executed him right then and there <laughs> but you can't have a movie with that I guess like it would be like a it'd be a ten minute thing. They'd be like, we killed him, guess we're done.
0: Yeah, I mean the I, IM I was sort of making notes as I was going along and I was um I was watching this with my like other half last night and I was like why is he not dead? Kill him <laughs> It's the it's it's the punishment, you know. And I'm not saying to bring back uh, execution or anything like that. But I'm saying in this context, ant society, it's a different law. It's what the people wanted. They were on the verge of an ant revolt. It was the least he deserved was to be torn limb from limb.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised there weren't more attempts on his life throughout the film. Yes. Yeah. Like people just were just like, okay, I guess that's why. Like. <laughs> guess we'll just no. keep him around
0: so Meryl Streep gets what Meryl Streep wants I guess so that's fine um, oh man that would have been such a better film if uh, and this goes away from sort of being a PG rated film to at least a 15 you know Nick Cage is the ant wizard put in charge of his life as other ants try to make attempts on his life oh now that's that's an ant bully that 2021 <laughs> that 2021 needs we need um, another
1: ant epic. It's been a while. Like it's been quite some time. I think we need we need we need an ant epic that's not just for kids. We need we need <laughs> one for like adults.
0: <laughs> yeah, some you know, something with you know, not some BS lesson of be nice. Like if you didn't get that from Sesame Street, then you're a lost cause. You're a sociopath, you are gonna end up in prison or death by cop. Um Give us—it's been fifteen years since we've had an ant kid film. I think or something that's not been done, like a, a sci-fi direct release um, or something, because um, they—they love their sort of insects. Horrible three D insect films. I'm starting to think like um, ice spiders, uh, dragon wasps. Which I wish I was making those up, but I've seen them. They exist.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> is it like is it like birdemic type? Type films like <laughs> that kind
0: of quality, but animated. Um, I anim- suppose animated dragon wasps. Um, if you didn't get from the title, these wasps get this shoot fire. Um, because that's the kind of thing that gets sci fi you know, rubbing their thighs when a script's put on their um on their desk at uh, Bird Demic, but not as critically panned because I think it's on the sci fi channel, you sort of know what you're getting. Um, I think it's time you know, half a lesson about empathy, half a lesson about um, killing ant murderers, I think there's something there.
1: They gotta commission this <laughs> they'd be <laughs> stupid not to
0: get Nick Cage back, give him the ant that he should have been given, a murderer because he's a crazy SOB because um, that's the only punishment that makes sense Meryl Streep, you're too soft you're far too soft um so that doesn't apply in a real court of law if you've murdered countless people and the and the rule is um i, th- I think you just need to uh, have a nice relaxing swim um no no that's bullshit i don't accept that at all
1: i mean you could say that that's what happened to oj <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: the exception to the rule um the oj ant rule um as it will uh, as it will now be as it will now be known, I suppose. Uh, um, I think that was my great point of contention because, for the most part, um, I really didn't like Lucas as a character. I didn't care yeah. for him.
1: He's just annoying throughout. And then even like when he's like, you know, starting to learn a bit more <laughs> how to be nice and treat others, it's just like, it's like, oh, okay, but your personality's still annoying. Like you don't know it much. <laughs> it's, it's like okay. Now you know not to be mean to people, but you're still, like, trash. <laughs> who cares?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I get it. He's 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 not good at making friends, I suppose, at the start. or Either that or the only other people who existed on his street were other bullies. So he's just lived in the worst possible neighborhood for a kid in his position uh, whilst his sister is starting a sex cult elsewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he
1: either grew up to be like an incel or like a school shooter. I don't see another (laughs) possibility. It's not like this kid isn't growing up to be a functioning member of society. Not after that. Like, even if like we are saying that, like, yeah, he learned his lesson when he became like an aunt, you don't grow up after something like that and be normal. (laughs) Try to tell like your like girlfriend, like, Oh, I went through this transformative period where I was an aunt. It's like, you're crazy.
0: (laughs) yeah ah oh, you know what that's that's just brought a whole new light to this film that I didn't even consider i I suppose you, you know you have um you're having a conversation with your partner it's like, oh, you know when you have uh that talk like don't tell me about you know, your sexual historyes like uh fucked an ant uh, what <laughs> elaborate immediately, so I oh, know some things got weird so I became an ant I learned some ant lessons um that's that's alarm bell, that's red flag number one mm. I think the only flag you need I was kind of thinking as well um, I guess in the context of this film by the end of it he's now technically the king of the bullies on his street and his only other friends are ants um, so if he didn't take like an AK into a school then, <laughs> then, then something else happened that this needs to be explained now
1: Maybe he went to therapy. Maybe maybe he did. But I doubt it. <laughs> I'm, that's, I feel like that's giving Lucas too much credit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be... Considering the fact that like, I still don't like him, even though he... I don't even know what the lesson was that he learned at the end, other than um, the only solution to your problems is teaming with your enemies in war. Um, Power
1: and numbers, I guess, is what... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I suppose the lesson's supposed to be... Community. I I don't know what the lesson was from this. It's a bit. Was it a bit preaching? Was it about? Was it really about conformity, and giving in to your carnal animal desires and fucking an ant? <laughs> I don't know. Is that? Am I wrong? Am I? I think if anything, I'm just proving to myself more and more with everything I say that I'm just ill.
1: I won't contest it. <laughs> I'll let if that's your opinion, I'll let that be. <laughs>
0: You yeah, know, if you know, if nothing else, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> and <laughs> like, say say what you want about Erica, but my God, she was honest. Um, I think the only thing I really enjoyed about Lucas was when he um he ate the honeydew, he ate that caterpillar shit, and I was like, yeah, you fucking get what you deserve, you cuck. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know that he's a cock, but he's he's definitely now in my head a school shooter. There's no way he went to therapy.
1: Yeah, he's psycho. <laughs> like he's <laughs> like insane. Like I don't think. Yeah, I also think he'll forget. Oh, he'll forget that he was an ant. He'll see an ant hill and be like, "Well, I could just step on it," and then he will. <laughs> he'll go about his day.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be that kind of, um, I guess, Peter Pan kind of thing where you know you remember it. You remember that you went to uh, sort of Neverland when you are young, but you grow up and then you you forget that it. All happened, and then he's going like, "I want to go in the front lawn and piss on this uh piss on this ant colony." It's like, Lucas, you're 38 years old. You can't. <laughs> you're a changed man. You can't do this anymore. You have a mortgage. Don't do this. But I suppose by that point, the life cycle of an ant is a little bit shorter. They would have, there'd be a new generation of ants just to start the war all over again. Be a new so.
1: Zox child with the the other ant lady
0: kneel <laughs> before Zark as he's a uh you know new generation new wizard um just another reboot for all for all the ant bully fans out there um but you know like i say he he ate shit so i'm i'm really happy about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> he ate shit we got bruce campbell i will say i did i Even though he was obsessed... I think his only characteristic was that he was obsessed with jelly beans or uh, the sweet rocks. Um, I liked his character as Fugax. He was an energetic ant. He brought uh, an energy to the table. Uh, As I said earlier, Bruce Campbell can do no wrong in my books. Um, I suppose my leading question here is, (laughs) what was your favorite ant and why?
1: Uh, I think I I did like Bruce Campbell. I also liked uh, Regina King's ant i think i just like whatever she does to be honest (laughs) but i I feel like those two for the most part had the most personality the other ones were just kind of there doing tasks where i could but like they they had like wants like
0: yeah yeah
1: like even if it's such a small want, like wanting like jelly beans that's still i can understand the motivation behind it you know but everyone else i'm just like oh whatever (laughs) i don't care (laughs)
0: I, I don't care for your brand of ant. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's nothing personal, but
1: also think that they're a cute couple. <laughs> cute couple
0: ant, I'd watch. <laughs> it's uh, let's not beat around the bush. Creel um, and Fugax, I can ship that. Yeah, OTP.
1: And...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, like you said, though, they're, they're making the dirty jokes. They they all but said, "Let's just get down at an ant fuck." Um, <laughs> and that's what we time. wanted.
1: They kept hinting at it. <laughs> torturing us.
0: Yeah, just shake your, your ant thoraxes and just fuck like beasts. Just give us fucking something, uh, to work with here, you cowards. John A. Davis especially. Um, just give the people what they want. Some, <laughs> some ant fucking. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I, w- I um, would wonder
1: if there's like any like, um. Uh you know Rule 42 stuff on ant bully but it feels like such a niche (laughs) movie to i think that this this movie would not get like that would break the world would be the exception i don't think there'd be any like weird ant porn (laughs) on this
0: (laughs) i I feel like we're saying this now and if if there was ever a film ripe for fan fiction um the ant buddy was the place to do it Mm -hmm. um because they, you know, they, they had ants who wanted it. They had ants with pent-up aggression. You know, what better way to exercise that than some sweet fanfic? Um, I want to see how Meryl Streep's ant does it. I'm going to put it out there. I want to see how the council gets down. Um, and I, I just want to see Nicolas Cage fuck. So um, I'm putting all all my cards out on the table.
1: That's <laughs> what the people want. Come on.
0: <laughs> it's what the people want. Um... I think my. I think the other part that stuck out to me uh, was when they were in the frog belly. This is sort of when uh, Lucas has run away. Zock's like, Oh, I guess I'd want a fucking an ant again, so I'll go after him. And then all the other bugs are in there. And then there's just that, that, that floating bug. He's like, Hey, um, that's like the horsefly saying it or something. It's like, Hey, you've not said anything in a while. And he just pulls up the dismembered, sort of decapitated head of another fly. I was like, that was a lot that I was not expecting. That all like the sort of tendrils and bits coming from the bottom of the neck, and I was like, "That was a lot for me."
1: Yeah, this, it's it's gross. Like this movie's gross. <laughs> like, the animation <laughs> is gross. They don't shy away from that, which I guess you gotta kind of respect. But yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the tone of the film was confusing at, at points, but that might just be because of. Uh, I, I feel like the the Jimmy Neutron guy is weird. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> his, like maybe his brand, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Um, like I, said, I, I, I suppose really, I didn't hate it. It's fine. I don't think it's going to go down as one of the great animated kids films of all time. Um, I, I think it tried to maybe lean a little bit too much to try and like, Oh, here's a, here's a sneaky little joke for an adult. Here's a ant head. Uh, Here's things adults are gonna love. Um, like I say, I'm not like I said earlier. I'm not sure what the message was, other than team with your enemies and drink the blood of, or I guess the enemy of my enemy is my friend or something. Is and I'm so muddled and confused <laughs> about about the whole thing. Um, but I suppose really is um, what the only thing more interesting than the ant bully is. Um, Sex cult is (laughs) true. (laughs) Is is what I've is what I've sort of taken from this, you know. um, Some nice touches, but I think it's 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 fine. I think the one thing I appreciated more than anything else was um, and I sort of go to my internal mental Rolodex of memes here. Is that the film poster for this didn't include something called the DreamWorks smirk? Um, If you're familiar with that,
1: not no.
0: So basically, once I say this, this is something you won't be able to unsee. Um, You will sort of know in a lot of animated films, the posters for them, um, and I'm looking largely at uh, DreamWorks is sort of the main example. Sometimes Disney do it, and Pixar, they don't always. But you will notice there'll be um, an animal or character with attitude, arms crossed, leaning back, and one eyebrow is always raised, and they're smirking. So many films do this. Um Boss Baby, like Zootopia, Buzz Lightyear's guilty of this. Um Now, I appreciate this is more of a me thing. These are the kind of things that keep me up at night. But the only reason that the Ant Bully gets a pass is that the poster did not do the DreamWorks mark. So yeah, they're
1: just built different. Look at them go. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what? A, what you know what a way to um sort of wrap it up really, the antidote if you will, I've been finding a way to fucking crowbar that one in (laughs) all the way Uh, the antidote is that there's no dream work smirk, the ants are just fucking built different Um, but I suppose to sort of wrap up now um, in a Jerry Springer-esque final thoughts kind of way, I suppose what are your final takeaways, your final thoughts on the ant bully?
1: My final thoughts is they should have let the ants fuck come on <laughs> that's yes. all oh, that's you know the story wasn't that strong so you should do what other you know <laughs> films do when it's not and put some fucking in there <laughs> come on <laughs> that's what the people are there for and that's oh. a, that's that's my takeaway on it
0: <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt put a fucking fuck scene in it <laughs> um what a takeaway and for any aspiring screenwriters i don't know why you listen to this but if you are add a fucking hog scene in there um <laughs> erica Emma, on that astounding fuck bombshell um thank you very much for joining me this week on cage rage nicholas cage podcast uh for the listeners where can people find you on the socials uh
1: yeah i'm on twitter and instagram and i also have like a, a website but the website's pointless now because I don't have dates. Um <laughs> but yeah, it's just my name. Erica with a K and then E H L E
0: R. Lovely. Um so go and find Erica on the socials. Um don't bother about ant fucking though. We've put we've put this to bed now. It's out there for all to hear. Um
1: Yeah, send me if you if 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 there's an artist listening to this, if you can draw Regina King's character and Bruce Campbell's character boinking. My, my my dms are open <laughs> but only for that I, no no other inquiries please <laughs>
0: uh and to, to selfishly piggyback on the back of that my dms have never been wider <laughs> um so so um give the people what they want let the angst fuck This guy wants to see Ant Hole. God damn it, I'm an awful person. Um, But (laughs) again, Erica, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, That brings us to the end of this week's episode. So thank you for listening. If you have been, we'll catch you in the next one. But until then, keep on, keep on Cajun. It's all you have to do. Take care. Thanks and bye-bye.